Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Monday Memo. Hope you've just had a fantastic weekend to relax and recharge. It feels like summer's finally arrived here in Ireland. We were actually able to get to enjoy some sunshine outside without any rain whatsoever. And it also gave me the opportunity to finish off a book I've been reading I'd love to share with you. And it's the title of this week's Monday Memo. But before that, just some events for your diary that you might find useful in some different areas relating to finance. And I include links to those in the show notes and with the posts that go with this episode. The first one, I'll be hosting a panel around why the best finance procurement leaders work together. Some of you are probably where I started my finance and accounting career in Accounts Payable. One of the most fantastic experiences I've ever had. And because I've been able to keep connections with that part of the business over the years, I've always been able to to find some additional opportunity to drive more value for our organisations and shareholders. So just, I think it's a hugely important area, great place to start your finance career. And that's also a face-to-face one, so I'll be in London for that if you're interested in attending. I've also been given a few passes to share out. I'll also be hosting a virtual panel on is finance business partnering still the route to success in the digital world? Obviously, I'd like to think the answer is yes, but there are some other circumstances to consider there as well. So we don't walk in with a load of blind spots. So looking forward to that. And that's with uh, the Gen CFO team. So again, I have the link to that one. I'll also be presenting a mini TEDx type talk for the Association of Finance Professionals called uh, Crafting Value, How Data and Digital is Reshaping Financial Planning and Analysis. I suppose it's the first opportunity I've taken to go into my experience of transforming the performance of a a finance team in a business unit at a well-known tech company that was struggling, uh, but by the end uh, was motoring full steam ahead uh, with a fully engaged finance team and fully enabled by digital delivering and exceeding expectations of business unit stakeholders. And finally, we've been nominated for an award. It was actually a best resource award, which was, was why we do the Strength in a Number show. It's this free resource that's available 24-7 for those looking in accounting and finance to do more of the right things more often, accelerate their careers, elevate themselves within their organizations, improve their influence. And that's part of the Digital Finance Function Awards being run by Generation CFO. So again, uh, looking forward to that in-person event and getting to catch up with so many great uh, personalities and peers out there who are driving fantastic value for our community in finance, accounting, FP&A. Now, back to the book I mentioned previously. Um, the reason why I picked it up is, uh, you know, there's a lot going on at the moment between wars, pandemics, technological changes, uh, climate factors, extreme weather events going on in the world. And I was wondering, how do we plot a path through it how do we possession ourselves so that we can benefit from elements of it so to to get nearer towards our goals or how do we avoid the worst of it you know so in effect doing more of the right things more often and that just not just goes for our organizations or our teams are part of but ourselves and our families personally too and more importantly what if we've already been here before what if we could just look to the past to guide us so we know how to best respond. And like I'm not a historian and I live in a rock in the Atlantic Ocean. So I'm not going to know all the, the past events of what's happening around the world. But maybe someone's compiled something similar. And that's what I, I feel has been done in this book. Principles for dealing with the changing world order. Ray Dalio and his team 
I've had a go at it. Some of you might be aware of him. He, he sort of made his name predicting, well, in my books anyway, predicting the financial crisis of 2008. And before that, he'd built up, I think it's the world's largest hedge fund, a Bridgewater Associates with over $200 billion of assets under management. Uh, and lately, he started writing a number of books. I think this was the third of his books written in the last five years. What I like about what he tries to do he tries to deconstruct into some principles using data that he then back tests and, and it's not just him he's got this massive team of analysts at Bridgewater Associates but in this particular book he's tried to deconstruct the current economic environment and the challenges it's presenting us so like the macro environment by delving into many centuries past of the economics ups and downs that have been out there and he's been able to identify a number of patterns in histories. And again, a lot of you listening appreciate that change is not linear. And I know sometimes when we budget, we, we look at the past and we probably add a few percentage points into the future to adjust and, and we might linearly profile it. But at a macro level, uh, nature operates off cycles. I we've talked about it before with the seasons various different ups and downs in business cycle, hot and cold periods in markets, bears and bulls and so on. But it turns out that uh, human beings and the rise and falls of societies are also cyclical in nature. So what he actually does in the book is chronicles the rises and falls of some of the, the largest economic and cultural powers of the last few hundred years. So think the Dutch, Great Britain, China, the United States, and even where Europe fits into that and some other countries as well. So it's a bit like a history guide and it was nice sort of reaffirming some history I'd picked up along the way but it was also a great opportunity to learn about countries I didn't know as much about like China. So, so I thought it was quite useful. And what Ray Dalio and his team did is he was able to identify 18 factors behind these rise and fall cycles and as you move from number 1 to 18, well, say 1 to 8 would be the rise, then you'd have a few more at the top and then say from 13 to 18 that's how you could determine if you were in that declining phase and more than likely there was another major power out there that was rising up and just though just going through those factors for you very quickly uh, the first few start around having strong leadership innovation inventiveness within those countries strong education strong culture where people are bipartisan by nature they don't hold any extreme views uh, people are coming together for the common good same like resource allocation very competitive so so again, if you're thinking back to the boom periods of various countries living in Ireland, we were all very cost competitive in the early days, which led to strong income growth and stronger financial markets and centres of commerce, which is what we have here in this island. And then you get to this top phase, which is you see it happening when people become less productive, overextended, lose a bit of competitiveness to other countries and, and wealth gaps. And this is one that's accelerated lately because with the lower interest rates, it's led to an inflation of asset prices. And those that have tend to own assets. So you've now got a massive increasing gap between those who have and who have not. And these are called wealth gaps. And again, you're probably seeing some of this in some of your countries where you're listening in from. And then as we start going to the decline phase, we're now looking at large debts. Uh, continual printing of money are <laughs> sounding very familiar internal conflicts largely because of value gaps people are polar opposites of the political and cultural spectrums countries at the top normally are the reserve currency and they lose that status there's weak leadership at the top 
what, the last stage of its civil war, revolution, or perhaps a global war, which typically involves the replacement at the top of the New World Order. Now, there's a lot of charts that go with this book, and conveniently enough, there is a link to them on his website, economicprinciples.org. I'll include that link as well with the, the, this post if you want to go check out some of those cycles. And it's got a lot of the summary of what he said. But what I like, again, about what he's done is he's trying to measure it with various indexes, Remember, measurement doesn't have to be an absolute science. Measurement can be used if you accept it's just the principle of reducing uncertainty. We've spoken this about, about this on the show previously. And it does feel like we're in this sort of inflection point of the end of the old US order and the beginning of a new order. And Ray Dalio looked back at this transition period between the Dutch to the British and the British to the US. And he feels like we could be there. He's assigned, I think, it's like a 30-40% probability to a war between China and the US, particularly if the US wants to try and impose its values upon the Chinese system, which for them has sort of worked quite well for them. And, and given that they're quite cohesive as a country at the moment and as a culture, more than likely that they would probably fight back. So let's hopefully it doesn't come to that stage. But again, a useful way of trying to have discussions with people about what's going on, how many of us in our organizations have actually got in our plan. I'm not saying this is going to happen in the next year, but in our longer term planning and our scenarios, have we figured out what does a world look like where the US dollar is not the world's first choice of currency reserve or the world's reserve currency? Have we factored in what would a civil war or even a international war look like for our organizations? Or do we just want to bury our heads in the sands and just not think about it? Is that because to to talk about those scenarios would just be a bit nonsensical? And outside of our organisations, how are we uh, preparing, perhaps for the worst, in our own personal circumstances, in terms of security supply for basic things like water and food and energy and so on, that tend to come under threat in a, in a civil or an international war scenario, where resources and having resources is key. So look, I've been very positive about the book. Some things that it probably doesn't touch on are things like around climate change. Not that I'm saying it has an impact or not on these cycles. I would just love to have seen if there was any correlation or no correlation at all. Just because he has that strong team behind him that looks into these things. I would love to have understood if that had any role to play or if it is all just human beings driving these cycles and not other environmental factors. But unless these cultural and value and wealth gaps start narrowing a bit, like they tended to grow in, in Great Britain, like they grew in with the, with the scenario with the Dutch, we're probably heading down a path towards uh, some unrest and, uh, I hate to say it, a bit more uncertainty. But I suppose one thing that we can be certain about is that look, change is the constant and uh, I'll share the strength of the numbers. We'll try and share with you what's working out there, what's not, how people are managing their way through this change, whether in our environment, whether it be technological or how it's impacting our finance teams, how it's impacting people's careers and what they're doing about it to help you do more of the right things more often as we all navigate our way through this. So look, hope you find this week's Monday Memo useful. If you did, we love it when you share with your friends and colleagues. We're on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify and Amazon Music. So thanks again for tuning in today. Hope you have a fantastic week. And until next time, take care of yourselves and let's keep on building our strength in the numbers. Bye.